You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast that inspires girls and those that love them to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards becoming the most confident version of themselves. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, once corporate leaders and entrepreneurs turned confidence coaches who are obsessed with raising the next generation of female leaders. We're the founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. We're here to give them the tools to be resilient, problem solvers, and to simply be good people. Everything we wish we had access to at their age. We'll be sitting down with versatile guests to talk about things like how to manage expectations, bounce back from failure, even strategies to break up with a toxic relationship. We want this community to lift one another up. So starting right now, you get to practice reaching your hand back and bringing other girls along for the ride. Let's go. Welcome back to What's the Lesson, the podcast. Jill and I are tackling something new today, and we're so excited to introduce one of our, I'm not going to say great girlfriends. We're humble, open, and transparent here. We've met Vanessa a couple of times through social media and a couple of women's events. We would love for her to be one of our great friends, and I think this bridges the gap for that to happen, but we're so excited to introduce our very first guest on What's the Lesson. Um, You guys might know her as We the Classy on Instagram, but Vanessa Kaufman, thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful day. Welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I mean, it's been so amazing growing a friendship with you guys, and I consider you guys friends, and I'm just lucky to be in the same space in the same world as you doing all the good things. Amen to that. Um, And I just, I want to take it back to when I first heard of who you were. I think we were in the same publication. It was the No Book. And we had that party at the hangar in 2020. I think it was the beginning of 2020 or maybe 2019. 2019. I think it was 2019. Yeah. 2019 because of the pandemic. No, it was the beginning. It was January. So that didn't quite hit yet. So I remember opening up the book and seeing you and you were so fashionable. And I think that's where a lot of people come across your account is because you are a fashion icon, if I do say so myself. I agree. Um, And thank you. You are. It's amazing to see your style and how it's transverse. But you're so much more than that. And getting to know you and getting to follow you, you've been such a champion for not only women, women for a large part of your following for what I can tell, but men as well. And um, I think we'll get into some current events of what you've been talking about, but I would just love to hear how you got started on Instagram because you do have such a great following and what you champion people for. Okay. So I actually was in wealth management um, straight out of college for about 11 years. And I worked really, really hard in that industry, but no matter how hard I worked, I just wasn't happy. So I, with this mindset, like, well, maybe if I just do more, maybe if I make more money, maybe if I, you know, tackle this and become this in the industry, I'll, I'll like it more and move up the corporate ladder. But I just never was really happy because deep down I really am a creative and I wasn't using that, that passion. And I remember reading an article one day that was about a fashion blogger, Song of Style. And that week, someone left an article on my desk 
saying like, I thought of you when I saw this Wall Street Journal article about a fashion blogger and it was Song of Style. And I'm like, you know what? I mean, I went to school for communications. I've had enough experience in business. I love fashion. I've loved fashion since I was little. Um, I designed my own line of clothes when I was in high school and put on a fashion show and I was always very into it. I thought maybe it's time that I start a little side hustle, you know? So I was, if you want to call it a side hustle, but I thought there's absolutely nothing to lose by, you know, starting an Instagram, coming up with a brand and a name that I'm, I'm excited about. And so that's how it started. I came up with We The Classy, talked to a few friends who were entrepreneurs that had their own businesses, got their feedback on making my first baby steps and start my website. And then with my Instagram, I just went down the rabbit hole on purpose. I would find people I liked or I connected with. And then I would look at the people that connected with them and I would connect with those people. And I would honestly, I I lived for the rule of reciprocity when it came to Instagram and building my following because a lot of times if you go out there and you support others, they're more apt to support you back. And that really truly is the God honest truth. So I just looked to support as much as I could, people who I connected with and related to. And I feel that it just kind of came back. It was like a full circle thing. It took hours and hours, lots of time. (laughs) It's not like I like went on and was like, oh, they're cute or this is fun. I mean, I really, I really devoted a lot of time and it really excited me. And, you know, they say when something excites you, you don't really feel the time flying. So I was so excited by it. And eventually it grew to a point where I was working with companies and had sponsorships where I, I was able to leave my wealth management position and just like fly off into my own, my own uh, plan. (laughs) I mean, it's so, it's so awesome to hear that, like from just the cliff notes from when you started to where you are ish now, but it's like, you said a couple of things of pure gold in that you miss the creativity part of your personality while working for wealth management. And I think that's so important, especially with the girls that we work with, to let them know that they need to take time to foster their creative side in order to be fulfilled in life. Because I think it's so important to point out every opportunity that we get that, yes, money is important to happiness, but it sure does not make happiness. It's what you make with your gifts. And you noted that pretty early on in a career that you could still be stuck in today if it weren't for that notion of Mm -hmm. saying. And I was just going to say, I love that you followed your heart. Like Mm -hmm. there were a couple of signs for you. You stumbled, stumbled upon that fashion blogger and then for someone else to come in and say, hey, I thought of you. It was almost like, oh, maybe I really should explore what this looks like. And oftentimes, we don't. Oftentimes we're like, well, maybe I'll do it in the future or next year or when I have more time. And we see that a lot with girls who we mentor when they have these passions, but you know, oh, it doesn't really fit the mold because I might be judged if I actually pursue that. So I really love that you actually followed your intuition to explore what it was, not just quit your job, like, oh, I'm gonna go full time on this. (laughs) 
yeah. and steady won the race. And I love that um, at some point you were like, you know what? I can actually do this full time and I can let go of my nine to five. Mm -hmm. But had I thought about that, had I tried to out of the gates, do it as my nine to five, I think it wouldn't have worked for me. For some people it, it does depending on the plan. But for me, um, I think it just would have been a huge overwhelm with something I didn't know enough about. Um, it gave me the opportunity to kind of learn the ropes myself. And um, to your point, I think there's so much strength and power in baby steps. They're not glamorous. It's not like, look what I did today. <laughs> like, there's no, it's really tough to celebrate baby steps, but like, that's what got me into a new place in my life. So like, if that's what brought the positive change is like, okay, just today, just start an Instagram <laughs> today, just write down words on a piece of paper and, you know, think about what you want the name to be, right? Mm -hmm. It's just those little baby steps that really make such a big difference because it stops you from overwhelm and it stops you from being like, well, maybe I'll do it later. Yeah. Totally. Like, okay, I can, I can do this one thing, you know, like I can think about names, like I could come up with a name for what I want my, my blog to be. So yeah. I just think Versus that the to your point, plan right. all in one day, it's like, you right. know what, name check tomorrow. What's, yeah. what, what else <laughs> what's is on next? the list? Well, and we live in such a society where if you want it, you order it and it shows up at your doorstep. If you break it, you buy a new one, you throw it out. So if your relationship true. doesn't work, you can go find a new one by swiping left on your <laughs> on your newest dating app. And we experience that a lot with the relationships that we build with girls. They get frustrated right away when they don't get the grades they want or they didn't get the starting position on the cheerleading squad. And it's like you have to remember to go back to those baby steps because – I mean, that age-old saying, Rome wasn't built in a day, it might sound so so cliche, but it's true. And I feel like in this day and age, we've kind of foregone um, hard work for glitz and glamour mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the not behind the scenes of just showing up and looking good, but having a pile of crap sitting right behind you that you haven't dealt with. And it's unfortunate that the girls that we mentor, a lot of the girls that we work with grow up and see just the front end of things. They don't see the back end of things. And they think that it's just an easy life to go lead and that they're just going to get it right away. And the disappointments that they face as soon as they get that letdown, that's where we come in and have to pick our girls up. So I think yeah. I want to commend you. You do so much behind the scenes. You talk mm -hmm. so openly about what's going on in your life, what's going on in your day-to-day, -day, what's going on with your kids and the struggles that you face to make it seem like this is real life. Like it's not mm -hmm. just I have this Instagram following and I get to do deals with cool companies and it's it's awesome all the time mm -hmm. because it's not. It's This is your real life and you put that on screen on for display. everybody to see. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beautiful part about social media because it connects us all and it allows us all to be so real. And you're someone we look up to so much in that regard as far as just putting it all out there. And I, I can't even begin to explain. You have a daughter, so you understand how important that is for this next generation to really sink their teeth into. So as difficult as it may be to put your entire life on display, I know there's some things that you don't put out there. How have you gone about figuring that out? Like what's comfortable and what's not and how to speak to your following to make sure that they know you're a real person? 
That's a big question. You know, what's interesting, and this might not be super helpful is it's always been a natural part of my personality. Like I just, I feel being vulnerable feels good to me. It's hard. I'm judged a lot, but if I can't be honest, I don't want to be there. And it's always how I felt. If I cannot be a hundred percent myself, I don't want to be in this position. If I can't be a hundred percent me, and there's been days where I've been on social media and I've, I've been a hundred percent myself and it wasn't received wonderfully by everyone. And it made me think like, am I, am I supposed to be here? So that is kind of a struggle, but for me, it's always been, if you cannot be yourself and feel a certain level of belonging in what you're doing, then you're not where you should be. Maybe you need to set boundaries or change something up or find a path where you can be you. And so it's hard to navigate. I have to be super aware of my kids' privacy. That is so important and not talked about enough. I think that they are two individuals. They are not an extension of me or my business. And as much as I love including them, just yesterday, I... (laughs) So this is kind of a long story, but my son made a funny joke about like he he misheard words to a song and it was really funny <laughs> to me. He said like apple bottom jeans, glutes with the fur. Instead of, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I that mean, should be it. So I was Beauty. like, oh, this is so funny. And I just I wrote the words in my story, right? Well, yesterday we were in the car and the song came on. And in a perfect Instagrammable world. I, you know, you take out your phone and then we can follow up that story with my kids singing the wrong words to the song. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Right. But I took out my phone and my son ducked Mm -hmm. and he said, I don't want to be in a video right now. And I said, okay, no, that's fair. And I I had already been recording. So I got that on record. And later that night I was going through my pictures and he, he was sitting next to me. He goes, you're not going to post that. Are you? I said, no, I didn't. Or he said, you didn't post that. Did you? I said, no, I did not post that. And I just, I think being really respectful of them as much as I'd love to show the world those little moments and how they're very real, they're very real for them too, for different mm-hmm. reasons, not to be put on display. So it is walking a fine line of showing the world enough but not so much that it hurts anyone. Well, and you're showcasing to them such a beautiful lesson of being able to set boundaries, values, and being able to speak up for themselves in the future. Like when they're in an uncomfortable situation, whether it's at a workplace or with a partner, they're going to be able to use their voice because you showcase to them that that was important. And I also think it it's respecting their consent. Mm-hmm. The fact, mm-hmm. I mean, because I know, how old are your kids? Eight and nine. Eight and nine. Yeah. And at some point, I I have a five and a seven-year-old. So, you know, I still sometimes trump them as like, you guys don't have a say. Mom does. This is my, (laughs) you know. But at some point, we do need to, we need to teach them autonomy. We want them to grow in their independence. And when they say, hey, mom, I don't want you to post that, for you to really 
listen and follow through probably feels really good for them. And just, I mean, I, I need to listen to that a little bit more because sometimes it's so easy for me to be like, you know, I'm going to pull out my phone and show everybody how funny my kids are. And, and sometimes they're all about it and sometimes they're not. Yeah. And I wonder how many times that happens. And yeah. Mary and I are really, really big on parents being the the mirror to their children. So if we can't listen to their needs at home, what is it going to transfer or what is that going to look like when they when they're in a relationship? And they're saying no to someone, but someone's like, "Oh, no actually means yes." Or you mm -hmm. know, I just think of like what the long-term costs could could do to them if we, you know, it, these are just easy, practical, easy moments to practice that. But in the long terms of, of life, it could really help them in their future. Yeah. And I've also, I mean, I've also heard that it also impacts their, what's the word? It's like their footprint, their media footprint. I don't know. that I'd, a lot. I'd love to hear feedback about that because also I've become very aware too of how we post things because they're our family, but later on, or is that what they want to have been documented? Right. I mean, it's new to me completely because that wasn't how it was when I was little. There isn't that much. So right. I completely agree. I think that that's conscious parenting is being aware of how communication with them will carry out in communication in their relationships in the future. And then also realizing they have autonomy and that they teaching them boundaries. It's huge lesson, especially Absolutely. with how social media is more and more and more and more so in, in their lives. Yeah, totally. I was also thinking when you were saying how you are yourself on social media and oftentimes I almost feel like more often than not, and this is a total guesstimation in my opinion, I feel like social media is a place to pretend and show up in a different way or to be perceived in a different light. And and I know like Mary and I have had this conversation several times and I, I'm, I'm going to pull you into it. So I'm like, Mary, <laughs> All right, here we when go. Are, are our kids ever going to grow up and want to grow up to be a singer? Or what kind of music this generation, what, what kind of music are they going to contribute to society? But now really in the in the world of YouTube and influencers, TikTok, TikTok, I mean, more kids are looking to get TikTok famous or become an influencer based off of what they see. And I don't blame them by any means, right, but yeah. I also know that putting themselves out there at a, at a young age um, can be hard. And for you to you know, build a platform like you have and show up as yourself. I wonder how did you learn that as a young girl? Or was there an experience in your life that taught you always, or or maybe it was someone, a mentor, a teacher, a parent that always said, you know, like it doesn't matter what what people think or always show up as yourself because I know the world's not gonna change overnight. Like TikTok's gonna be around, having influencers is gonna be around, but having someone like you to teach the younger generation because truly they're like, why go to college when we can make lots of money on YouTube? It's like, yeah, totally. That can also be a path, but how do you do it in a way that stills, that still feels very genuine and authentic to you? So with regards to 
how I ended up being so focused on authenticity and showing up as I am. I wish it was a pretty story. It's not. I I was bullied a lot when I was younger. I was extremely thin and I was picked on a lot at home. Unfortunately, my dad didn't understand. It was a lot of what's wrong with you? Why why don't kids want to be friends with you? And I was just reflecting on this this morning how uh, it was always my fault. So what happened was I became very people pleasing oriented because well, if if it's my fault kids don't want to be my friends, how do I make them like me, right? So it was being coming super in tune with what everyone else wanted so I could please and be good enough to be a friend. And I went through such a tough time with all of that. What years were you in? Were you in middle school, um, high school? It was sixth through probably freshman year, freshman year of college. And then finally, sophomore year in college or so, things started to change. I came into myself. I, I was surrounded with girls who lifted me up, which made a huge difference. You know, I would say things about myself. My roommate put a article on the fridge. I'll never forget this. She she, we first moved in together and she put an article on the fridge that said how to say no. And she's like, you need to read this every morning. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, what? what? But hey, she was like very, she saw, you know, the tendencies. How I was really struggling to, yeah. yeah, I was pleasing way too much people. And so I was surrounded by girls who were strong and wanted to lift me up. And I just came into myself and I started to reflect about, why do I feel that I am only worthy if the people around me are happy? And mm -hmm. I really went through this very long path, it feels like, to get to where I am in my authenticity and not having fear about it. And what I can say is, no matter what, all these years, I've always been the same person on the inside. So whether I pleased people or I didn't, or I sold myself short or I didn't, I was always the same person and I might as well just go out there and enjoy life and share and be proud of myself. Why huddle in a corner? Because you can't please everyone. I just went through this very, I feel like a long path of getting to it and becoming comfortable with it. And sometimes it's the hardest experiences that teach us those things about ourselves. It's tough. Um, yeah. But I'm really proud of myself. I'm proud of myself that I came, I'm here now, you know. We're proud of you too. <laughs> we are because we need more women like you to showcase those stories. Mm -hmm. We need more of our girls to hear that A, it takes hard work. It doesn't just happen overnight. And B, that a lot of success comes from setbacks that you learn a lot about yourself when you're up against a corner and you don't know which way is up, down, left, mm -hmm. or right. So I think we all probably share a little bit of that in common as well as far as just being the the diamond comes out of the rock, right? right. It's got to be polished and, and continually up against the elements and that's how diamonds are made. And it's like you're not going to get anywhere without having fallen down a couple of times and figuring out how to 
pick yourself back up. And that is something that I think we've noticed is missing with the younger generation. And I'm sure it was missing with us too. As much as things change, they absolutely stay the same. You know, there's there's a lot of victim mentality and woe is me and why did that happen to me? And that's where we come in and we're able to showcase our stories and say like, I've been through that and look where we are now. And it, 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 it was not for nothing like this this happened for something else greater in your future to happen and you're a, an amazing display of that notion Thank and we you. that's you talk about going to college and being supported by women it's like we didn't know that that was a thing in middle school or high school either it was the old stereotype that girls are catty and they stab you in the back and they try to steal your boyfriend and 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 so you go into life as a young adult, into college as a young adult with a chip on your shoulder against other women. And I mean, our our experience in the last, I think, 10 years of life has been just the, the complete opposite. The tribe that we have been surrounding ourselves with, the women that lift us up equally as much to tell us that, you know, we're not stupid, we're not ugly, we are capable, we are enough. That has made a world of difference. And mm -hmm. I know that that doesn't happen overnight either. I, I was just going to yeah. say, I mean, we're still, I mean, we look at ourselves in the mirror every day and still have those conversations. Mm -hmm. so we have to tell the girls that we mentor too, like, you're never going to arrive. You're not going to get no. to a certain age or to experience going through our eight-week mentorship program and come out on the other side like, ah, and, you know, <laughs> right. as much as we're like, you are an angel, but it's hard work and it's practice. So it, it's very true that we're we're still in the work of the limiting beliefs, the self-doubt, the fears, but we have women who will look at us and be like, you're crazy, totally countering those beliefs for us to borrow theirs until we, you know, get back on our feet again. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like you get to a point where you're consistently feel great and happiness <laughs> unlimited and you're just like confidence unbelievable amount of confidence that never wavers it's yeah um, that's not human so having the tools to use when you feel like you're in one of those down spots and having um, a support system that sees the best in you and reminds you the best things about you and kind of gets you back on your feet like you said it's huge huge and I I don't consider myself to have a huge circle of friends, but the people who are in my circle are people who will gladly remind me of yeah. who I am when I'm having those moments of doubt. Absolutely. Um, so you're not saying you're friends with all 110,000 <laughs> followers, but I think it's, you know, it's like, yeah, of course you're friends with all of them, but you know, sometimes it's quality versus quantity or over quantity, that. you know? That's, and that's an important thing to point out too, is that you can have a small circle of very quality friends that have your back and lift you up and support you and not have to go after the quantity of what looks good. What do other mm, people right. think looks like I have an entourage of some sort? Yeah. Yeah. Those external so, validators. So you mentioned how to, or the subject of girls wanting to become influencers or TikTok influencers and what that discussion looks like. And I think ultimately it's very difficult to make it a successful business if you're not connecting with your audience in some way. And 
people connect to human traits. They connect to being human more than anything else, more than they don't connect to beauty. They like looking at it. If you feel it, but if you're looking for a career, if you want to become an influencer and, and that is your thing and, and you're committed, then you have to really look at the quality of the value you're providing and what people are connecting to. And beauty is fleeting. People like it looking at things that are pretty, but they won't connect to it. So how long will they stay? And mm-hmm. also you have to think about in broader terms, your value and what, like you said, I needed to connect to my creativity yeah. and, and use that part of myself to feel good. So what, what are you using in your heart to service the world? What is it that you have that is special and amazing? Cause everyone has it. Yeah. Um, how are mm-hmm. you applying that in your life? And if you're going to be an influencer, you got to really think about that. I love that. Our values conversation, values is one of the pillars of the conversations that we have with our girls is probably one of our most fun conversations. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of the time, as far as me putting myself back in a middle school or high school version of Mary, like, I don't ever remember somebody asking me what was important to me. It was like, what's important for the family? So school, what's important for the team that you're playing on? Like, practice and and making sure you show up for the games. But Mm -hmm. what was important to me, I think would have helped me figure out how to bring the creative side of me out a little bit more. And it's fun to have those conversations with our girls because you can see a light bulb go off. When somebody asks them to be a little selfish and to think about what's really important to them outside of their family and their friends, um, it's cool to see them like almost stop and furrow their brow and be like, what? what, what? Like, why are you asking me this? Mm -hmm. Because it feels like no one has asked them that before. Like, who are you and what's important to you? And then they really have to go home and think about actually what's important to them because they don't know. And I think being able to introduce a topic like that earlier on in life Mm -hmm. gets their wheels really turning to say, oh, well, if getting sleep or being well rested is important to me that I'm going to say no to going to that party. Whereas if I didn't know that those things were important to me, I'm going to succumb to the the peer pressure of showing up mm-hmm. because again, I'm looking for external validation and what feels cool or what I feel like looks cool to my friends or potential friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I mean, like I completely agree with, I wish I had that conversation earlier. And I think Teaching that conversation early is so valuable because there's a lot of women who are in later in life, moms even, who never stop to say, wait a second, what do I need? And what's important to me? We understand our values a little more as we get older, but also what about the conversation of like how to set those boundaries of, well, if sleep is really important to me, how do I navigate? The things that are important to me. And I think that opens up that whole conversation. Yeah, I do. I was just going to say, like, supporting girls in becoming who they want to be through their values. So right. a lot of girls use um, hard work or determination as a value because it's been instilled in them. So we're mm-hmm. like, awesome. How do you actually show up as hard work? When you go to Starbucks and order your sugary, delicious drink that I probably <laughs> want, but now can't get. Um, how are you, like, what does that look like in an interaction with strangers, with, 
your um, soccer team, with your parents, um, with your friends. And like the, the check-in of who are you being, who mm-hmm. are you becoming through your values is going to support growing in your confidence. And at the end of the day, that's what girls want is how do I grow in my confidence? And it's like, well, who are you being? Mm. Who are you being to figure that out? And that's where I love this conversation and how we bring it into the girls that we mentor. But just listening to you, Vanessa, I'm like, it's very apparent what what you stand for. And that's why Mary and I are so enamored with you and not only who you. you are, but we love you as a mother and as a partner. And we're like, we just, we want to, we want to be able to extract a few of, (laughs) of a few little bite-sized chewable nuggets to, to give parents or caretakers or girls so that they can be in the practice of it too. Thank you so much. I mean, that means the world to me. I started out with this mission. Um, when I was still in finance, I thought I want to be a fashion blogger and just realizing how much more than fashion blog, like I want to be so much more than that because of my values, because of what's important to me, because of what's personal to me. And it's really important to me that I show up in the world in a way that is healthy for other women and helpful for girls, helpful for my younger self. So it it really evolved. And honestly, I don't think I'd ever stumble on your page now and think, oh, she's just a fashion blogger. <laughs> I wouldn't. Like just going through your stories and you have so many tough conversations mm-hmm. that people are terrified of having and you just bring them straight to the forefront, which I think is such an admirable thing and makes other people feel that much more comfortable to engage in those conversations. It gives them permission. It does. It absolutely does. And I'm curious, since you have these conversations with all of your Instagram followings, how do those conversations transfer at home with your Zara's nine, correct? Correct. Do you have these conversations with her and with Blake because it's important for him? I mean, just thinking of your recent story trajectory. It's been all about consent. It's been all about how women need to be respected in boundaries a little bit more. So a lot of what we've been talking about through this conversation, how do those conversations transfer at home? So Zara can follow, she has a private Instagram and she she follows me. And I've had a lot of conversations with her just to give you a little background. I've had a lot of conversations with her about how my Instagram a lot of the material might be a little mature for, for her age, or she might not be ready to talk about some of those subjects yet. And it's important that to me that I have conversations with her and make sure that she is seeing things that make sense and are healthy for her to see. Um, because sometimes my conversations are a little more mature that some of the things I've been posting have been stories from women that are actually very traumatizing. So even as an example with that, I er, earlier this week, I said, you know how my Instagram can have subjects that are a little bit advanced or tough to, to make sense of um, for you at, at nine. And she said, I know, mom, I know it's for, for w- girls and women a little older than me. And I said, you know, for example, just so you understand, if I was a lawyer, um, you probably wouldn't come to my office and read through the cases, right? It's not that it's that I don't respect you or want you to know. It's that 
it's hard to understand if it's taken out of context. And so then I talked to her, I said, one of the stories we're talking about is something that happened to me the other day. And I'm able to discuss it with her in a way that is not traumatizing, rather let's do you have questions? Let's bring this up in an open conversational form. Also lately, this is a little off the subject, but I started watching Gilmore Girls with her. Oh, yes. She's nine. And a lot of the subjects in Gilmore Girls just touch enough for her to go, wait, oh. yeah, what? what is that? Or she'll say like, oh, this makes me uncomfortable. Why do they do that? Or she'll bring and it's opened up a lot of conversation. I really enjoyed just using that as a tool to That's just great. keep up communication. A suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's, a, and actually I stole another mom. I stole another mom said, I think I'm going to start watching Gilmore Girls with one of Zara's friends. And I was like, that's a great idea. And just to sit and watch and let it kind of be a catalyst for conversation has been wonderful. So, I mean, that's not on my Instagram, but communication is huge to me. I think I come from the generation before us, before me, uh, was a very uh, sweep under the rug. Oh, generation. Yeah. Yep. And I was parented that way. So I, and being such a communicative person, naturally, it was very difficult. It was very stifling. And I, I feel that being able to keep communication open in our house is, is one of my biggest values. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very important to me so that my kids don't ever feel like they can't speak to me. And I just know it's going to get hard as, as they grow up, yeah. the communication will change. So Absolutely. I want to make sure there's a good foundation. Yeah. Well, and I love that you almost go first. You probably see something on Gilmore Girls and afterwards. Oh, like, yeah. Well, what did you, how did that make you feel? <laughs> you know, like oh, yeah. you can see it and you're okay to say it first versus mm-hmm. – Okay, I'm going to see if she noticed. Or, yeah, being uncomfortable. We do notice that with a lot of our parents Mm -hmm. is that, oh, so-and-so did this or had some sort of attitude towards this, and I'm going to wait for her to come to me. And it's like we often forget that we were once the girl that did the thing and we're terrified to talk to our parents about it. And we, as parents or caregivers, we forget that what that felt like. And it's like we have the experience. We have the knowledge and the skills and abilities at this point to open up that conversation without it being awkward for us. And we've noticed that we don't often take that step. And it's like, well, let, let's help lessen the embarrassment. Let's make it more normal for you to come to your parents with conversations that could be kind of, you know, off color. But if they can't have those conversations with a trusted adult, whether it be a parent or a mentor, they're going to have them with their friends and their friends know just as much as they know, which is not a lot. Right. Exactly. So it's like we want them to be educated in a way that equips them for their future. There's a difference yeah. in like, mentorship education of of life skills and personal development skills than there is learning how to do calculus. Mm -hmm. And it's a big distinct difference. And and I think that's why Jill and I love this work so stinking much is because we were all those girls. And we have, you said that earlier, like we've asked ourselves that question so many times, 
how much better off would we be? Maybe not how much different things would be, but how much better off would we be if we knew these things when we were 13, 14, 15, 9, 18 that we didn't really learn until Mm mid-20s, early 30s? Being a mom, still not knowing boundaries. So yeah. it's it's cool that you do. There's two things that you mentioned. And one is that I used to be a little more nervous. I mean, my kids are young, so there weren't a lot of super um, touchy subjects touched on as much as they are now. But I was nervous that I was going to say the wrong thing mm-hmm. and really mess them up. <laughs> like yes. I just was like, I what if I that. position this wrong? what if it comes out of my mouth and seems so abstract at the time? It just like totally. And what I realized is that that's okay. It's almost better not to have like this perfect response because being human allows them to be human. I'm saying like, I'm going to try to explain this, but let me tell you a story about how I learned it or how I experienced it. And I've learned telling them stories that that come from how I've learned things or my experiences has really helped versus just explaining a a fact perfectly. Um, Perfectionism definitely does not open communication. So Mm. conversation, open conversation is so valuable and I've actually really enjoyed it. (laughs) So some of it, I'm like, oh, I can't believe we're talking about this. (laughs) But oh, it's this. I, I I don't want them to learn it. I want them to be confident and I don't want them to learn it from their friends. Like you said that, yeah. no, not that much either. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say as parents, we forget that we're also experiencing those moments for the first time. We're like, mm-hmm. were you, you're like, oh my gosh, how do I explain death? How do I explain yeah. what grieving mm-hmm. is going to be about? Like, I just went through that with my the passing of my father-in-law and having to explain that. And I'm like, so do tough. I soften it? Do I, like, how, you know, this yeah. is the first time that I'm going through this. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm going through this for the first time. So I, just like you, I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to just say oh, it. And then yeah. support. I totally, um, but you're right. Parents are, you know, we, we take on this authority role of like, we have to say the right things at the right time. And, and it's okay to be human. Cause I love what you said. If you're human, you get to allow them to be human mm-hmm. and mistakes are going to happen. Seriously. Amen. Yes. On that. We're so big on progress <laughs> over perfection. Progress yes. over perfection. And, that's the one downside of social media is it makes girls especially perfection. think that mm-hmm. perfection is something that they want to attain. And we just, I mean, we can't wait for them to hit their late 20s and their early 30s where they're like, no makeup, no bra. I'm cool with doing that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, Whereas no. right now it's like mortifying. And it's it's just so fun to have women like you in our circle to be able to call on and have these conversations with that younger ears can listen to and younger eyes can go to your Instagram and see you are a real person and these are the conversations yeah. that you're having. So I think just to wrap this up, thank you for being such a beautiful example, not only for your immediate family, your little girl and your little boy, but for so many other women out there having kids the same age, raising the next generation of females, um, having these important conversations with their sons. It's just so integral to the fabric of our country to empower 
the next generation to live into their creative side, to know their values, to set their boundaries, and to have a strong voice towards the things that they believe in. So thank you for just being that for so many eyeballs watching. Oh, I'm, I'm touched. Thank you. I, I, all I can say is empowered women, empower women. And for me, I mean, you guys empower me to be who I am in at my fullest. And that allows me and supports me in empowering other women. And it is a ripple effect. So the work is very important. Your work is very important. And I appreciate it so much. You're the best. Um, Where can people find you or maybe give us a little teaser of, is there anything that you are stewing creatively on that you want to share with our audience and where can we find you? So right now, the easiest place to find me is on Instagram at, at we the classy. I am working on something that I, <laughs> I cannot wait to talk about, but I cannot talk about yet. We'll be watching when we tell the kids, like we bought you something, but you can't open it yet until Christmas. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's all good. So it's a project that has stemmed from all my experience. And everything that I'm seeing in social media, that's not quite as healthy, um, just the comparison game and, and a lot of what's the word, it's like bad habits that are coming from social media, like chasing the dopamine and the scrolling endlessly. I have a project coming that I, or that I'm working on that takes all the good and tries to filter out the negative parts of social media. I, I wish I could explain it further, but right now I just can't. I don't even think you need to. No. Just saying that, just is, that is, I mean, we need more people to be able to showcase how to do that as well. So yeah. whatever it is, it's going to be gold and we're okay. excited to support you Thank in it. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm very excited. Thank you. Of she course. And until next time, you guys, we will see you on the next episode of What's the Lesson? Bye. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you're looking for more, head over to girlsmentorship.com WTL for the show notes. And if you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one or all of the next three ways. One, by sharing this episode with a friend or on your social media. Two, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review. And three, by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We share ideas, we ask questions. So if you're interested, we've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Facebook in the show notes. Until next time, you guys, remember, the more you know, the better you do. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship.